Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about a podcast that might just be too beautiful to live. Coming to you from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. Uh, if you haven't been listening to our special five-part series, The McFrizz Files, I strongly encourage you to stop right now and go listen up through episode four. Um, I'm pretty sure that by the time we finish up with the last episode this week, Christy will have asked Mike every possible question about both crime and punishment. It's a great series, and I've really been enjoying listen- listening to it. But today is Monday, and we have some hot takes on the hot topics of last week's TBTL. Of course, I'm going to need some help to wade through all these massively long shows this week. So joining me from the Snowpocalypse studio in Dallas, Texas, is my fellow lady scientist, Meredith Mahan. Hi, Meredith. Hey, Ann. You did have some snow this week, correct? We had about a half of a quarter of an inch, maybe. (laughs) Woo! Break out the shovels. (laughs) It was a disaster. (laughs) And also joining us is our amputee with an attitude from Stump Shaper Studio in Kyle, Texas. It's Mike Frizzell. Hi, Mike. Hi, I'll be coming in really hot with my takes today. (laughs) I imagine you will be. So as usual on the show today, we have some LRB business. We'll get to the week in review. We have some housekeeping and we'll tell you how to get involved with the show. And let's get into LRB business right away because we have a lot of it. Um, this last week we had what Christy called the Q4 meeting, our fourth quarterly staff meeting. And I was super impressed. We had an agenda and Jeremy prepared a financial statement and everything. I was like, wait, this is a legit enterprise. Well, except we got the quarter wrong. Well, that's only because we had to push the meeting back so long that it became Q1 by the time we got to it. Right, right. Well, we let UPS and FedEx and the U.S. Postal Service have a hand in setting up the meeting, so (laughs) it ended up happening a few weeks later than we originally wanted it. Yeah, uh, to go back to uh, follow up on our Christmas episode, Bobby has been posting progress shots of the UPS tracking site for the last two (laughs) weeks. I think Christy's gift arrived on Sunday the... God, I can't even work. It was like the 3rd or 4th of January, wasn't it? When her mm-hmm. present finally got I think there. So. When her it, Christmas gift arrived. Yeah. It was I it was technically still within the Christmas season because it runs through Epiphany <laughs> right on the 6th. Right. That's true. So Well, don't get it twisted, Anna. His it was uh US Postal Service that was responsible for his particular oh, right. debacle. Mhm. There's enough blame to go around on this. <laughs> right. But the, the FedEx and UPS had a hand in, in my failure. But we did eventually get to the fourth quarter meeting, and I thought it was really yes. productive. And um, we came up with a few things that we'd like to incorporate in the show that we wanted to share with you. First of all, um, keep your brains thinking about merchandise on the horizon. We are going to... Um, provide you with some more merchandise uh, options in the coming future. Uh, I think we're still kind of nailing down the final final items. But uh, one thing that Bobby reminded us of when we were talking about this that I think is really important to share with everybody um, up front is that we are not looking at this as a revenue stream. We're going to bring merchandise to you um, because people have expressed an interest in getting it, not because we think we're going to, you know, build our LRB empire out of this. If Luke and Andrew wanted to uh, 
open a merchandise store, of course, that would be uh, nothing that we would interfere with. But for whatever reason, they're not interested or they're not able. I don't know how that works with APM. And so they have explicitly given their blessing for us to do this. And so we're we not looking to... at least have to... the rights to the uh, LRB and TBTL slanket. So yeah. that's what we've negotiated <laughs> so far. I would really like to record this episode in an LRB slash TBTL slanket today. Oh, I would yeah. take one Thank right you very now. much. Definitely. So keep your ears peeled for that coming soon. Um, one of the other things that we discussed also, I think this started with uh, another round of Mike's Tom Sawyering, uh, looking to do <laughs> less trying work. trying to get out of doing stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I, we're going to bring in some guest hosts for the recap. I think it's going to be an occasional series of guest hosts just every once in a while to give us some flexibility in our scheduling, to introduce some new voices and have some new perspectives, and so that Mike has to do less work. So if you would like to come and be a guest host on the recap, please let us know. Um, as I said, I don't think it's going to be a, a regularly scheduled. It's not going to be like the second Monday of every month, but whenever we, whenever the spirit moves us to have a guest host, I think we're going to do that. And I can think of a number of people who I think would be great guest hosts. So I can say uh, we won't just be pulling people off the bench. If you express an interest, we'll let you know in plenty of time so that you can take notes for the week. And, and we will probably just uh, pre-assign you a day so that you can prepare for that particular day and you don't have to worry about, you know, trying to take meticulous notes all week. So it will be a low pressure situation. And this is a recording. This is not live. So don't be nervous. <laughs> yeah. And I'm kind of obsessive about editing. And Jeremy's kind of obsessive about editing. Bobby, less obsessive, but his shows always <laughs> turn out good. <laughs> um, and if you don't have the necessary recording setup, Christy and Jeremy have an idea to create like a mobile recording kit that we can just send flat rate to you. So you'll just be able to plug it in and be ready to go. So don't let any technology issues um, stop you from throwing your hat into the ring. I think that's going to be yeah. really fun. It'll be like the sisterhood of the traveling microphone. <laughs> <laughs> this microphone uh, fits everybody. Yeah, yeah. And it's got everybody's spit in it. Sure. <laughs> I, oh. I don't think flu germs last for an entire week, though. So okay. while it might be gross, it'll still be safe. You could buy your own microphone cover if you're really that freaked out about it. <laughs> Certainly. Certainly. <laughs> or just don't touch it. Right. Um, the other thing that I think we want to highlight from our meeting is that we really want to uh, do a better job of encouraging feedback on the show. Um, we have a really diverse listening audience that has a lot of opinions, but I don't think they necessarily always let us know. If you don't want to email us or send a voicemail, you can always hit us up on uh, through Facebook. Uh, you can direct message us if you don't want to post straight on the page, but we really want to hear what you have to say. I was thinking even if you're listening to TBTL and something um, makes you stop and think and be like, God, I hope they're going to talk about this on LRB. You could even just right. like record a voice memo on your phone really quickly and then just email that to us. It would be so easy. And uh, we've coined these um, throw your phone moments, although they don't necessarily have to be negative moments. It's if it was something that was really funny too, just let us know and we'd like to feature it on the show. 
get at us, people. So we have a couple of pieces of feedback that um, we highlighted that we'd like to share today. Um, first off, we did get a, a Facebook message from Pamela, who was had some thoughts about the discussion of pigs in blankets, which was um, when Susie Burbank was talking about her dad making sausages wrapped in bacon. Um, she says, apropos of the pigs in blankets discussion, in Britain, these are a beloved Christmas treat of chipolata sausages wrapped in bacon. Anne may have seen them back in her London days. I, I did not, Pamela. My mother was very cautious about letting us eat true English foods because <laughs> <laughs> they're not great. I'm surprised that all British people just don't drop dead of a heart attack at 50 um, she continues, the hot dogs that Jack Kelly made may have been a kind of New England or more everyday and seemingly less beloved derivation. And she included a link to a recipe for pigs in blankets from the BBC, which has literally two ingredients, bacon and sausage. And um, <laughs> my favorite part is the little blurb that goes along with it that says, these tasty little morsels are too delicious to be reserved for Christmas dinner. Try them as a party snack or with roast chicken, because two kinds of meat just isn't enough. You have to throw Ugh. the chicken in there, too. I have a theory about um, British people and why they don't drop dead of the heart attacks. I think the the cuisine is bad for you, but it also tastes bad, so you don't eat a lot of it. So you stay pretty skinny. So I think that balances out. That's a good thought. Maybe. Thanks. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of advances in British cuisine, and I know they have a a, a big uh, Indian food influence that has really come, I think, in the last 30 or 40 years. But like your classic English breakfast, ooh, that's that's rough. It's rough stuff. Yep. My grandparents uh, came here from Wales, similar cooking uh, history, and this the one of my favorite stories about my grandmother is when she moved here she moved to michigan and the first time she cut open a green pepper she looked inside and said who would eat this and threw it away <laughs> there's nothing in here this is garbage it's just air inside there <laughs> yeah. that, that's not food these seeds are disgusting <laughs> i was just at a party last night where there was um, an artichoke and spinach dip, and some friends of mine wouldn't try it because it had something green in it. They were like, we don't eat green food. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm um, wow. Seriously, artichoke spinach dip? There is so much cheese and butter and yeah. so awesome stuff right in there. <laughs> it cancels out all the green stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, continuing on in show feedback, uh, Mike, you also got a good piece of feedback from Nathaniel, right? Right. Uh just just random message the other morning. It's like uh, we had been talking about, I think I said that uh, Misha Collins was the best looking person ever to request a tour of the smelter in Ferndale, yes. Washington. <laughs> and Nathaniel, who works there, sent us a message or sent me a message saying how how cool it was that we were talking about his smelter. So small world. We have someone, uh, a listener to not only TVTL, but to LRB that works at the the aluminum smelter in Ferndale, Washington. Hey, Nathaniel. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you're not comfortable uh, messaging us as a group, you can pick any one of us and privately message. You know, right. keep, it, keep it clean, people. There's certain <laughs> sure. things I don't need to be messaged about, but no, no. <laughs> feel I'll free. I'll take boob shots, but cock shots, no, I don't want them. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> 
I'm glad we've established your limits. Thanks. So everybody, please feel free to uh, let us know what you're thinking about TBTL, about us, about the conversations going on. Um, we're really going to try and do a better job of acknowledging your participation and getting you guys involved with the show. So I think that's really exciting. I was so excited to get a message from a listener who we had actually been talking about their place of work. I'm willing to forgive that Nathaniel sent a couple cock shots. So just that's, <laughs> we'll just call it good there. Just no more. Now we know the rules. Those yes. are his freebies. <laughs> yeah, you got that, that's your freebies, Dan. Nathaniel, that's it. <laughs> All Good right. angle, and, though. And we, we, oh my God. And we have, uh, we'll have an update on uh, the archive and some special things going on with the archive project coming up in housekeeping. Um, moving on to more personal LRP business. Mike, we haven't had a stump date in a few weeks, and I know that you went to the doctor this week, correct? Uh, yeah, I've been going to uh, wound care. What happened with uh, my orthopedist is we were going there weekly and things were going okay, but um, I was all scabbed up over that big area, of, you know, that didn't quite heal right from the surgery. And one day he just said, okay, we're taking this scab off. So he took it off. And uh, after that, um, I mean, it looked okay. So he sent me to a wound care, which I've been going to weekly. And the good news is I've been going there for the past few weeks, and now it's going to be every other week because the wound is really starting to heal properly. It's um, the, the bad news is I went from having one giant wound to three wounds, but they're all smaller wounds because it's bridging. So it uh, should be probably another four to six weeks before I'm completely healed and, and ready to get uh, more into the um, stump shaping. But we are using a compression sock now and the stump is pretty small and looks pretty good. So it shouldn't be long after the wound finally heals that I can get into a prosthetic and get up on my feet again. So it's good. Bad news is, is this is taking forever because while I'm a pretty good healer, I'm a slow healer. But the good news is, is there's never been any infection and it is uh, on the mend still. Is there any more aggressive stump shaping method other than the compression sock? And, you know, just then using your hands to squeeze it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to probably see another type of doctor when we get through with the wound care. Because right now it would just be a waste of time going back to my orthopedist or going to um, to some um, specialist who will help shape the stump because we can't do anything really with it yet. Uh, at least not like professionally or whatever, but <laughs> when we dress my wound, uh, I, there, there is a, a couple versions of a sock that I put on just to, um, really what we, what it is is to get any swelling out of there, to push any fluids out of there and get them absorbed back into my body. So it's as small as possible and it's, it's looking good. It's looking small. Just amateur stump shaping instead of professional stump amateur shaping at stump this point. <laughs> right, right, right. We, we're not, we're not going to see. And I may have an exciting story about uh, what kind of prosthetic I'm going to get uh, coming up soon. I'm working with um, my former uh, cohort on the Takedown podcast, Josh. <laughs> he is, he is, um, he's trying to cook something up uh, for me to get a really cool prosthetic for free but it's just kind of an iron in the fire right now and not not a reality yet so maybe we'll have some exciting stump dates in the future i was hoping for one of those blades it's possible oh, that'd be cool it could be happening nice 
Um, what kind of pain are you in these days? I'm not really in any pain um, from the stump anymore. Uh, I have a little bit of pain. I have some problems with my left hand, and I have some pain in that, but not much. So I, I'm off of the meds completely, so no one need, need worry about that. Well, good. I'm glad. Um, moving on, Meredith, you have a trip coming up. You want to share? Yeah. So I'm not going to be on the show next week because Duff and I are going to Denver, Colorado on Friday for a long weekend. Um, we're going to see a concert at the uh, orchestra hall there. There's an artist named Gregory Allen Isakoff that I really like, and he remastered several of his songs with the Colorado Symphony Orchestra. And I really wanted to see him back in October when he was playing with them there. Um, but and, and I talked to Duff about it, but he went ahead and bought Mark Marin tickets for that weekend in New York. <laughs> so oh. uh, this is why I'm dragging him to a cold place in the middle of January, um, because he owes me big time for that. Um, so we're going, as you may know, um, marijuana is legal in uh, Colorado. What? So I anticipate... <laughs> that we'll be having i will at least be having a fun time with that we're we're going to a um a marijuana cooking class uh that weekend so i'll be sure to be giving updates and just all brownies i don't know i don't know you can i guess you can cook whatever with it so uh i might be on the floor after that i'm not sure um but in the interest of of bringing you all into our little world here a, a, a term was coined when I was in Seattle for uh, Christy and Jeremy's wedding. I I was at, let's see, we were with my cousin and he lives on like 12th and Pine in Capitol Hill. And we were at a sushi place. I remember we were waiting outside of the sushi place on his street and we were waiting for our table to be ready. And my cousin works for a weed distribution company. He had gotten us quite high. Well, no, not Duff, just me. And I remember standing outside on the sidewalk. They were having a conversation that I could not follow. So I was on my phone. I was talking to the LRB people in the chat. And I think another important part of this story is that the fire station is across the street. And I was a little bit getting a little bit paranoid because I was like, they totally know. Everybody knows. <laughs> Those firemen are going to come <laughs> Those out Those firemen you. are going to arrest me <laughs> yeah. for sure. So I was standing there. I was just staring at my phone and I was trying not to move or say anything or look suspicious. And I said to you guys, and I barely remember this, but something about how I feel like I'm standing. There's a tiny fence around my feet and I can't move or I'll smash the fence. <laughs> and so this <laughs> this coined the term tiny fence. Uh Tiny Fence Concerts is what it morphed into. And I think that's that's a take on the Tiny Desk Concerts, right? Mm -hmm. I don't remember how most of this went for obvious reasons, but uh, I anticipate that this weekend will be one long Tiny Fence Concert. Right. Whenever anybody suspects anyone else in the chat of being high, we ask them if they are at a <laughs> Tiny Fence Concert. <laughs> I realize none of that makes sense, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a, that's the truth as far as I can work it out. <laughs> right. It's not as convoluted as, as Meredith being known for her drawings of tall ships, but it's, <laughs> True. it's an inside joke nonetheless. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, um, we've spent enough time on business. Let's get into the week in review. Uh, Monday, 2285, the Monday of all Mondays, is thankfully a rerun. And I say thankfully because the other four episodes of the week were so long 
that it's yes, going to take us a were. while to talk about them. I think it's a reflection on the guys spending so much time away from one another. It's just it's all stored up and all the things that happened over the their break need to be discussed. But mm-hmm. um, so I listened to Monday just kind of in the background of doing other things. But um, it was a rerun of the first show of last year. And um, they talked about T25. I think that was the first mention of T Luke doing T25 and um, your body doesn't move until Sean T tells it to. And um, <laughs> he's kind of kept up with that a little bit. I think maybe the last time we really talked about it was when they were in Phoenix and he was, was he doing T25 in his underwear in the hotel room? Yeah, inviting Andrew to join him. Yeah. yeah. So he's kind of made good on that resolution. He seems like he's been doing that um, at least semi-regularly. So good job, Luke. Um, they talk about the idea of would you rather work out in front of people or a podcast in front of people, which has come up a couple of times since then. And they had a whole conversation about making a murderer. And I thought, oh, remember that time when the collective liberal outrage was about Steve Avery? Those were good days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And so that was basically all of Monday. And I'll take us straight into Tuesday then. Uh, 2286, elbow deep in zoodles. Um, Luke starts the show by saying that Bellingham is frigid and below zero. And then he corrects himself and says, no, it's actually 32. It's, it's freezing. <laughs> and um, I realized that our friends all over uh, the country are experiencing a cold snap. And I'm trying really hard to remember that it's all relative, depending on what you normally experience. But as Luke is talking about how cold it is at 32, and I'm sitting at minus nine degrees, I have mm. a really hard time finding any sympathy for that. And I have questions about, hmm. like, when it's minus nine degrees, does your car function? Can you unlock it? I mean, what what's your what's the transport? Do you just call into work saying I can't get there? What happens when it's minus nine? Oh no, the cars work as long as they they're do. not too old. Mm-hmm. Um, mine it takes a uh, a little bit longer when you turn the key. It just goes. Rrr, rrr, rrr. There was one day a couple of years ago where the low was minus twenty five and the high for the day was minus twelve. And after my car sat in the uh, parking garage at work for nine hours, I was really worried about that. And I came out mm-hmm. and I turned it on and it went for about four seconds. And mm-hmm. then it caught and I thought it was going to stall at any moment. And um, I think I had it running for about 10 minutes before I made it down to the freeway and I couldn't get up to speed on the freeway because it just it wouldn't really? do it. I think I maxed out at like 50 and I'm in the right I didn't lane. Know that and was I, the like, thing. I thought once your car started, it's it, no. it does what it's supposed to do. I, you know, they always talk about how modern cars don't need to warm up the way that old cars uh-huh. used to. They used to talk about that on um, Car Talk a lot. You guys, you don't need to let your car warm mm-hmm. up for 15 minutes. But I submit on those days, you have to let your car warm up a little bit. The other thing that we know here in the cold states is that when it's going to be a really, really cold day, you need to keep your gas tank at a certain level. I think at least a quarter of the tank full or better yet, half a tank full. Otherwise, the gas lines can freeze and then you have problems. Oh, good to know I'll never have to do any of that. (laughs) Minus nine is so cold that your snot starts to freeze inside your nose and it feels crunchy. Mm -hmm. 
It's really weird. And don't go outside with wet hair. I've made that mistake. Oh, God, no. Or you could end up with short hair really quick. It will freeze and just snap all right off mm-hmm. wow snap off. that sounds yeah. like a cheap haircut for me i might be <laughs> so bellingham is quote-unquote frigid and rudy is eating cat poop under the front porch which totally oh, dogs grosses me out <laughs> i know you guys don't care you're used to it but that's just disgusting i care a lot no i care <laughs> a lot eddie's molly never did this eddie started doing it he did it when he hasn't done it in a while but he did it when he was a puppy and the first time i saw it i almost threw up it's so disgusting to watch him do that and disgusting to think about, and it's the worst. There's there's no getting used to that for me. Emily has made a uh, foolproof system. She she her The cat box, Edith's cat box is inside a larger box, like a, a Sterilite box, that there's an opening only big enough for her to get through so that mm-hmm. Abby can't get her see the problem with that is that eddie is eddie's about the size of a cat yeah that's a problem so he doesn't we we've trained him not to go into the litter room um and he doesn't go in there but he will eat poop from outside yeah (laughs) is this because there's some nutritional need in it or it's just a, a yummy treat you know i asked my my uh dog trainer about that and she said depending on what food you're feeding them it might just come out as food you know Oh, yeah. if they're not absorbing it all, it's just more food. Yeah, it's and and also it's just the strange factor too. I mean, all the dogs that I've known have loved themselves a nice cat shit taco. They just love it. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Ginger's <laughs> the only one that eats uh, eats her own brand and and Abby's brand. Okay, I'm really kind of sad that I asked. Okay, um, <laughs> just keep it in mind next time you let a dog lick your face. Okay. Yeah. Oh, but guys, dogs' mouths are way cleaner than humans' mouths. Generally. But right after they've been outside, sometimes not as much. Um, The new uh, boss of APM Podcasts is going to be starting soon. And so um, Luke is expecting the hammer to fall. They've basically been unsupervised for like six months, right? I'm surprised they're getting paychecks or that Luke is getting paychecks. That's true. (laughs) There's nobody to sign his timesheet right or fill out his timesheet as the fill case out maybe. his timesheet yeah mm-hmm. but luke feels that they are management proof because the new guy is going to make it through at most three episodes of tvtl before he says ah forget this they should try to make sure that the first one that he listens to isn't hosted from the back seat of a car on a phone <laughs> God. or maybe you do because you figure if he can make it through that you're good yeah well, sure <laughs> we're good now mm-hmm So they really start with uh, a little bit of talk about New Year's. Andrew says that New Year's Day is really good for uh, resetting after the holidays and starting fresh. Um, I think they've talked before about how um, New Year's is so arbitrary. And that's a common complaint about resolutions and why should January 1st be the day. But I'm like, it's just a day I can remember. I remember I started my workout plan on January 1st it's a lot easier than on June 16th or mm-hmm. whatever. So uh, Andrew's push-up app is still giving him notifications once every few days. <laughs> oh, I deleted those that called push-up ago. notifications? I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so he's going to start again from the bottom. And they're also getting Duolingo notifications, which neither of them has really been... Uh, doing lately and Andrew's got to get back on that before he goes to Costa Rica 
So Luke is back on his grind, as I'm sure all of us knew that he would be, and he starts talking about zoodles. That's That was zucchini noodles, right? Yes. So he talks about this non-pasta pasta dish that he made with zoodles and langostinos, and um, something he called pizza piles. It's <laughs> low-carb pizza piles. Mike, as the pizza expert on the show, do you think this is going to be coming to a, a commercial pizza joint anytime soon? Oh, it, it already is. I mean, the, the pizza piles guy that just opened up here in Kyle, he ran the old pizza piles guy right out of business. <laughs> um, I think my tip would be to not call them pizza piles. <laughs> <laughs> piles, 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 not a great word. No, no. I got it. I got it. Uh, uh second the the zoodles though i got i i received a gift for my birthday from my sister which was the spiralizer attachment to the KitchenAid mixer Ooh. um and i've tried a few different spiralizers but they've been plastic and they kind of suck i just haven't been able to get them to produce anything but little like vegetable uh like wheels basically but i've never been able to get decent noodles out of them but this one is made of metal um it's very powerful as you might imagine and i have been making beet noodles like crazy <laughs> so i've been having beets for almost every meal <laughs> lately and before you ask i'm using golden beets so no oh, right. uh, no gi so it's just not side like effects. a nightmare every time you go <laughs> nope. <to the> house. <laughs> nope it's I been was, great and was, they're really good i was trying to figure out how to ask that question <laughs> Yeah, because I knew we that have to ask up. it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, golden beets are delicious. I've been ha- I've been making like golden beet pasta uh, for for lunch every day. It's terrific. Um, what do you put on it? Just regular sauce or cheese? Yeah, or? you can put regular sauce. I made one yesterday that was I I got a spiralizer cookbook, so I w- I wouldn't have come up on this with this on my own. But it was a it was a cold dish, which is suboptimal for this kind of weather. But you know, I'm in Texas, whatever. Thirty four degrees, I can deal with some cold food. Um. It was goat cheese, um, pumpkin seeds, and pomegranate seeds all kind of mixed together. It was really good. Hmm. And like a vinaigrette on it. So a very summery dish, but still very good. Um, Andrew is obsessed with making stocks and soups. Uh, He made an Italian wedding soup without pork or cheese, of course. I mean, at what point does it just cease to become Italian wedding soup? How many ingredients do you have to leave out? That's like minestrone at that point, right? Yeah. And his tip is don't salt the stock, which I don't know if I agree. I have to com- I disagree. confess, I don't like homemade chicken soup. My mom makes her own stock and she makes chicken soup with it. And I don't like it at all. And I think it might be because she doesn't use very much salt at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't taste like anything if you don't salt it. I would ra- way rather have a canned campbell chicken and stars which i'm sure has like four days worth of sodium in it yeah then have my mom's homemade chicken soup i'm a bad daughter um they have to recap of course uh luke's trip to the peach bowl with carrie and sam and david and um this is courtesy of alaska airlines of course way to go alaska airlines for knowing who to give a free trip to no kidding uh, there were 75,000 people there, and he figures about 12,000 were Huskies fans, so they were super outnumbered, and they were in a suite, which sounds like a good deal. They're protected from the raving masses of Tide fans, 
And Luke justifies what he calls non-offensive behavior at the game. And he tries so hard to talk about how they behaved well and weren't offensive that I think they were probably pretty obnoxious and offensive. <laughs> Why is he trying so hard to defend himself if he wasn't being offensive? Right. He talks about some guy that they got into it with during the game. So I, I don't know. That doesn't sound like a, a, a happy time was shared by all. Um He's really upset because all the Alabama fans cheered when one of the Huskies got hurt, but he um, he kind of admits that maybe it was that they didn't realize that he was hurt and they were just really happy that they were going to win. In in general, college football fans are much more courteous and friendly than pro football fans. There is an occasional bad apple, but um, if if this had been a a road trip to someone else's stadium for a pro football game. You can bet that things would would have been a lot uglier. Luke talks about how after they the game was over, it was absolutely impossible to really get anywhere. And they kind of got turned around and couldn't figure out where they were going. So he just randomly asked some guy in a truck to give them a ride. So Shane in some big truck gave them a ride to their hotel. I Never in one million years would I ask a random stranger for a ride. Nope. It's uh, It's a little different. In the South, especially if you're white. People are friendly and well, nice Well, if you're a man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. And I suppose if it was Luke and Carrie and Sam and David, there's four people versus just the one guy in the truck. So unless he has like a gun or a chainsaw and takes them out of town. Ooh. Well, this is the South, so he probably <laughs> yeah. has both of those rattling around in the back of his truck. <laughs> well, it all worked out well and Shane was super nice, so... Um, they get into uh, donors. They're using Death Cab for Cutie. So this is the New Year donors or music. So this is going to come up uh, later in the week again and again and again. And uh, moving on into the top story, Luke has received what he's referring to as his Amazon clapper. So as not to uh, set off listeners echo devices all around the country i don't know for the purposes of this discussion are we going to refer to it as a clapper are we going to play well, along can't we call it an echo <laughs> I don't know. you know what i want to do i i look to see if you can change the names the i think they call it the call name or something and you can do that you can go in there and and give it whatever name you want. And I really, if any LRB Wagoneers out there, if you have one of these Echoes, please go in and change it so that it's named Dummy. So that you can just say, hey, Dummy. <laughs> because that would be the best. Then TBTL would activate it every day. That's <laughs> true. So uh, Luke is obsessed. I think I feel safe in saying that Carrie is less obsessed. And at this point, Luke makes a reference to um, having set a timer using the Echo, and um, he was sitting in the office working on the show sheet, listening to music, and wearing his baldness laser helmet. <laughs> and I'd like to put a pin in baldness laser helmet and come back to that when we finish talking about the Echo, because that's going to be a discussion. Yes. So um, this story is meant to illustrate that if you use the Echo for nothing but a kitchen timer, it's still a good deal. <laughs> so a, fif a $50 timer. I could not believe that he spent so much time describing the utility of a kitchen timer <laughs> in such complex terms. It's a kitchen timer. Like he was like, oh, gosh, if it weren't for this thing, I would have burnt those pizza piles. 
like any analog dial <laughs> right would have done the exact same thing plus you can do it on your phone right i said that's a timer one of the on my phone I all the time i don't use siri that often but i definitely use it for a timer yep um that is one that never goes wrong for me but the key here is remembering to set the timer whether it's your echo or your phone or the microwave or the stove or your kitchen timer or any of the half a, a dozen ways that you can do it. It all depends on not forgetting. And he's sort of saying that because he has an echo, he didn't forget. And I find that kind of ridiculous. <sighs> yeah. Well, so he shares a recording that he made demoing the echo where he's at cooking, I guess, and was asking for the Rose Bowl score. And yeah, it's it, great. If you want to know the football game, whatever, perfect. I I just think that this is, I don't know, I'm like Carrie. She says that Luke always wants to have the new, the newest gadget. And she's just not that interested in tech solutions. She, she appreciates things that have some history. And I would say for myself, I think that I'm skeptical about all the promises of of ease that Luke seems to be taking from these, you know, a whole a better way to run your life. And I don't want to pay the money because like Mike, I'm cheap and I don't want all that clutter around. And Luke is just so entranced by the possibilities that probably are not going to pan out that he doesn't care about the other stuff. I don't yeah, know. I haven't I haven't heard a single thing that thing can do that Siri can't. Not that I'm such a Siri fan. I sound like I am, but he already has a device that will do all these things. Yeah, I just I don't find it that compelling either. No, I, Carrie says that she thinks that Luke is just always on to the next cool thing. That that's just how his brain works, and and I always categorize that as wants versus needs. What's a want versus a need? And the Echo is mm-hmm. definitely not a need. It's just a just a want. And she's referring to it as. Uh, Luke's new girlfriend. So they're already making jokes about <laughs> divorce and so forth. There's um, Misha and <laughs> Alexa. Things are rough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Carrie's got a lot to deal with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go back to this baldness laser helmet. Because uh, there was a post on the Stens page where uh, both Ellen and I think Scott mentioned that they were really interested to know what we have to say on this. And so I wanted to uh, be thorough and I have never felt sadder in my life than when I opened up Google and typed in, does baldness laser helmet really work? I just felt very defeated having to do that. Um, There's not much in the way of peer-reviewed um, studies published in this. Nope. The helmets seem to have come on the I market. Think, or hmm? The thing about trying to find a good review or a, um, a reliable review of the baldness laser helmet, it's always going to be a problem because guys, and I'll just say guys in general are the purchasers of this product. Guys who buy this helmet, if it, if it really worked, You'd have stark raving fans all over the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, chances are it doesn't work at all, but you have the shame factor of having tried it, paid for it, falling for it, and you don't want to, you know, who wants to go on the internet and say, hey, I'm really ashamed of being bald, and this bald, this laser helmet that I paid all 
kinds of money for just doesn't work at all. No, by the time you you suffer the humiliating defeat of having purchased the baldness laser helmet and it doesn't work and now you've put it up in your closet or chucked it into the dumpster, you're, you don't want to out yourself on the internet as not only a bald guy, but a lame guy. <laughs> and I, I'm saying this, I mean, I, I embrace baldness. I'm not a bald person, but I choose to shave my head. And Meredith, I know uh, you you love yourself a, a bald fella. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're coming from a place of love for you guys. Just let it go. Be bald. Interestingly enough, from what I read, it looks like the baldness laser helmets were initially marketed for women. Um, they got FDA approval for women before they got it for men. And and I have to say, FDA approval does not mean it works. FDA approval nope. means it's not going to kill you. So right, it means you can eat it. <laughs> yeah, let's remember that. And um, the the technology is supposedly a combination of lasers and LEDs. And the LEDs, that's total bullshit. The whole thing about the red light, it, whatever stimulates. There is some very, very, very faint evidence that the laser stuff may have as much effect as like Rogaine or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the best... A source that I could find was an article in Men's Health, which was like two paragraphs. So I would not um, invest my hard-earned dollars in any of the baldness laser helmets. Now, I did put a couple of links to the two um, most popular ones, the iGrow, um, if you guys want to look at that. Um, yeah, it's in Sky Mall. And I knew that's where Luke found it. I really want Christy to go break into Burbank Springs and check Luke's nightstand because I will bet you dollars to donuts he has a copy of Sky Mall there. And I am almost positive that's where he bought this out of. And if you look at the price and Sky Mall, it's $831.50. What? <laughs> yep. How much is a hat? <laughs> or a Jesus. tiny wig, 3000 Razor. Yep. Yep, and they try to justify this cost by saying if you spend this one time eight hundred and thirty one dollars and fifty three cents, then think about all the Rogaine or whatever that you're not going to buy over the rest of your lifetime. Plus, it plays Pink Floyd during the laser show on your head, <laughs> so that's entertaining. Oh, this, this thing has these headphones, which just look. I'm going to make this the show picture because it's yeah. so ridiculous. I just, how, how, how can you even? Come on. <laughs> this is awful. Hair is not that great. Especially, you know, you, what are you, you're trying to grow some little wisps, you know? Oh, that was the Be other bald, thing. If you, if you have like a full on bald spot, those are dead follicles and your laser baldness helmet will do nothing. If you have maybe kind of thinning hair, there's a chance that the remaining hair may be thickened up a little bit. So, so he's he has a laser baldness helmet and he sprays on hair. This is getting <laughs> a little out of control. The the other I think the the other one that I looked up which seems to be the real big dog on the market which is the Theradome which is I say slightly less dorky looking. Theradome. That, That's a yes. great name. <laughs> Just it doesn't have the oh the God. earphone headphone component, so oh, yeah. um, but that's oh. that's eight hundred and ninety five dollars on you their website. Have to supply your own uh, laser zeppelin uh, mm-hmm. soundtrack. And they they say I forget the exact uh, numbers, but it's something like you have to use it between um, thirty and fifty eight weeks 
to see any results and two years to show the full results. And it has a one-year warranty. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I just That's don't think, like I said, there's a shame factor. Nobody's taking those things back. Nobody's writing, you know, shitty mm-hmm. reviews. Nobody's taking those things back because you're just like, I need to put this shameful chapter of my life behind me, not publicly. <sighs> Luke, we love you. No matter how much hair you have, <laughs> you're okay. I think later later on the week, I mean, he, he talks about how he feels he has like a Charlie Brown face or head or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's his thing is, is uh, he doesn't, because of the way his head is in proportion to his body, he feels he needs hair. Uh, mm. Not true. People will get used to Mm-mm. whatever head shape you have, no matter what it is. Right, Meredith? Yep. There are plenty of different head Absolutely. shapes to love. Yes. And the only person who probably wouldn't think it was fine would be him. Yep. Yeah. My favorite part of this whole discussion is the reactions from Andrew and Carrie. Because Andrew is basically beside himself at this, and Carrie just can't <laughs> stop laughing. <laughs> yeah. She laughed for a good long time as they were winding down the talk of the laser baldness helmet. And and she said the one time he was using it in his underwear. Oh, boy. That's love. Yep. I'd rather my partner buy a third wooden boat than bring home the laser baldness helmet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Let's put the laser baldness helmet to rest for a while. You think we, we did enough for the listener that wanted us to talk laser baldness? Listen, if you have $895 just laying around that you're not going to do anything else with, go for it. Mm-hmm. The FDA says it's not going to kill you. <laughs> uh, moving on, the World Darts Championship was interrupted by some guy who ran on stage and took the trophy. Uh, I read a couple of articles on it, and it's somebody that uh, belongs to this prankster group called Troll Station, who goes by the handle Disco Boy. And if you look at the picture of him, he is way too old to be calling himself Disco Boy. And he is also (laughs) way too old to be pulling crap like this. I just don't understand it. Why did he do it? Just for attention? Is there any other reason? I mean, I can't imagine. He wasn't protesting anything. No, uh uh-uh. It was just to get on TV. You know how when when streakers, you know, get on the field and, like, security guards or sometimes even players just lay them out, you know? They're running around and they just get tackled Mm -hmm. very hard to the ground. At the darts championship, I I really feel like (laughs) the players should just feel free to let fly on this idiot. Mm Mm-hmm. Just pepper him with half a dozen darts yeah. and we'll see who yeah, tries that again. <laughs> Nobody will ever do it again. Yeah. No. Once they hear him start screaming. Well, the security got him really fast. There's, It was just yeah. like a tiny little stage. It's not like there was anywhere he could evade them. They just like um, yoked him up and dragged him out of there really fast. But some pinpoint darts to the eye sockets in, in the accompanying <laughs> screams would be a great discouragement to any future shenanigans. The the guy is wearing giant foam fingers on both hands. So that's his dart armor. Right. <laughs> that's all he's got. <laughs> yeah. Cover the groin in the face. <laughs> and they played the clip in both English and Dutch. I, I was um, underwhelmed. I watched the video and it was like 45 seconds and that was it. And I was waiting for it to get more exciting, but it never did. So I, I'm not sure why we were so 
interested in this clip other than to say, wow, Dutch is a weird language. Yeah. I was teaching myself Dutch for a while and I still think it just sounds like silly English. It it kind of does. I think it's a fun language. I like it. it I, had, I had a lot of Dutch friends when I lived in Switzerland. There are some languages where I, I really believe people are communicating in that language. And then there are the languages I'm listening to are like, that's not real what you guys are doing. <laughs> this is a show. Uh, Luke says that he would watch any sport if he understood the rules and had money riding on it. Me too. Mike, is that about how you feel? Yeah, absolutely. I, not, I wouldn't limit it just to sports. I would, I would watch anything that I could gamble on. You know, <laughs> like the the old game at the airport when you're there with your friends and everyone puts five bucks on, uh, like whose suitcase is going to come down the thing first. You know, <laughs> you'll just, bet on anything. You, it makes boring gambling makes boring things great. That's a good argument for sports, Mike. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, continuing on sports and the no point conversion. Um, of course, they break down the game. The Seahawks beat the 49ers. And the, we all know, because we're recording this on Sunday morning, we know how the next week turned out. You know, if anybody's time shifting, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, Andrew's <clears throat> now rooting for Colin Kaepernick because he's been brought so low. Carrie says that she is happy that Luke seems to be chiller when he's watching football with his brothers. Mm -hmm. I thought it's like conservation of sports craziness. As long as they're, they're being crazy, his level kind of goes down. So we maintain yep. the overall level. That's true. Uh, Cause Luke, Luke is a crazy, can be a really crazy fan. And when I was watching a game with him, I had to tone down my own crazy. Cause you just can't have a room full of that crazy. <laughs> Um, they talk about how uh, the Hawks failed to notify Golden Tate that they wanted to keep him. And as a result, he just went to a different team. Uh, Luke says that losing Tyler Lockett is like something from Game of Thrones, which makes me wonder if he's actually watched Game of Thrones, because I'm pretty sure it's not. Well, losing Tyler Lockett would be like something in Game of Thrones if then we lost another player like a minute later and then another player <laughs> a minute later and then about 10 well, players about five minutes later. If we lost Tyler Lockett because his head got chopped off, that would be yeah. like Game of Thrones. Sure. <laughs> um, Luke is, as usual, unwarrantedly optimistic about the Seahawks' chances up, I suppose, all the way up to the Super Bowl. And they said that Seattle and Green Bay are rivals. And I have to question that because I thought that Minnesota and Green Bay were rivals. It's a big deal here when they play. Can you have multiple sort of um, big rivals between teams? You you can for certain sections of time. Like Seattle and Green Bay over like the last 15 years have run up against each other in a lot of high-profile um, games, either regular season games that were crazy and decided by insane plays and unfair plays and uh, dramatic playoff game. So it's, it is a weird thing that Seattle and Green Bay to have a rivalry. They're not even in the same division, but there's a lot of history, including history with players and coaches that are still with the team from these, these crazy matchups. So there are traditional rivalries like Seattle and San Francisco, but that one's kind of dormant because, you know, hammer and nail don't have a rivalry. Oh, uh, <laughs> But in the meantime, you know, Seattle's quote-unquote rivalry with Arizona has heated up. And, you know, like Green Bay and Minnesota will always 
be rivals, but it'll be more exciting if Minnesota can get themselves to be good for a little while. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the way it works. It's more exciting okay. when, when both teams are good. Yeah. Um, speaking of teams who are not good, uh, the Browns suck. Andrew says they keep finding ways to lose, and I was rewarded for listening to the entire No Point Conversion by the story that he told about how he was just so dispirited by how the Browns were playing that he left before the game was over, and he just went to his happy place, the grocery store. And Genevieve called him and said, the game's not over. What are you doing? And he yelled at her in front of the cat food and said, because they're just going to lose. (laughs) He wasn't wrong. They they really uh, snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory last week. It was <laughs> pretty impressive. I watched it. Luckily, the, them them losing that game in such a terrible fashion did preserve their number one draft pick. So they will be selecting first. They will have the chance to screw up uh, even more royally than they have in past years in the draft this year by blowing the number one pick. <laughs> That's something to look forward to. Yeah, there you go. For all Browns fans. fans. (laughs) It's a treat. Okay, and finally, that is the end of Tuesday. So if, Meredith, you'd like to take us into Wednesday. Wednesday, 2287. Hello, I'd like to report a tornado. (laughs) This whole episode is dominated by Andrew's New New Year's Eve story. Yes. Oh, wait, Meredith, I'm really sorry. Before we go into anything about the day, can we please talk about the nickname that Luke gave Andrew at the beginning of the show is he introduced him as the Miami meat tent. Oh, I didn't write that down. I forgot about that. Uh Uh-huh. And I thought that sounds like a thing. So I very gingerly Googled it because I wasn't sure (laughs) what I was going to get. You weren't going straight to UD on that one. No, I I put the link there. I, I would like you both to click on it and take a look at the page I found. I was wondering what that link was for. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Oh, no. <laughs> what Anne has given us is a, an article entitled Speed Doe, like Homer Simpson Doe, Creative Names for the Most Abused Bathing Suit. Speedos go by many different names on many different beaches across the globe, each earning each term painting a picture more unsavory than the next. Here's a list of some of old favorites and new gems. And yeah, indeed, Miami Meat Tent, near the bottom of that list. Mm-hmm. Do you want to read some other ones, Anne? I would like to read them all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go for it. So here are names for Speedos. Marble Sack, Banana Hammock, classic. Grape Smuggler, Australian Dick Sticker, Nut Hut, <laughs> Boner Suit, sc- Scrote Tote. I don't oh, know if I, I, love I that can one. read uh, all these. Yes, <clears throat> you can. Nantucket Nad Bucket, Sausage Sling. <laughs> Portuguese pud purse, ouch pouch, cocksock, peach pit papoose, balbushka, lolly catcher, Daytona dong sarong, nugget hug it, Brazilian ball bag, manberry pudding pack, Miami meat tent, Saint-Tropez truffle duffel, that might be my favorite, bratwurst <laughs> bath cap, and pickle pincher. <clears throat> and that's wow. the entire article with a beautiful picture at the top. That I can't even describe. So the upshot of this is that Luke called Andrew a slang term for a speedo. Yeah. So where there. did that come from? Where do we know where how he's tried to frame that as a nickname? Mm-mm. No. Okay. 
I'll be going by scrote tote. <laughs> and then at the bottom, there's one comment from some Patrick who says budgie smuggler, which is Australian, I believe. <laughs> I've heard that one before. That's disturbing. That would indicate movement. <laughs> so I'm sorry to hijack Wednesday, but I no. could not let that pass. Thank you, usedwigs.com slash speedo. All right. So other than the New Year's Eve story, they do talk a little bit about auto-loading videos. And I enjoyed Luke's uh, commentary on on auto-loading ads as being like catcalls in that has it ever worked? Why do they keep doing this? But it must, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't keep spending their advertising dollars on it. And I think probably 99.9% of the clicks they get are people doing exactly what they were trying to do, which was carrying out a very delicate operation to mm -hmm. X out an ad without actually clicking on the ad right. and enlisting the, the help of your slender-fingered wife to do that. And she couldn't even do it. Um, those They're are a nightmare, especially on so phones. so tricky about that stuff these days. Like, I, I've noticed that if you go to some websites that have, like, slideshows, They'll put an arrow that looks like the slideshow next, like right yes. in the vicinity where you see it. And you think that's the correct place to click for the next picture. And it's just an ad. I've gotten skeptical about this early, early on because I was uh, in college. I was a big fan of stealing music and uh, pirating sites are classic. They've always been tricky like that. You never know which link is your actual download link. You have to like... You have to really be an internet sleuth to figure out how to uh, click on the download and steal your song without opening, what is it, a, a bunch of spider egg ads <laughs> Yeah, that explode all over your browser. Before you know it, you, you never ordered it. yourself a Portuguese pud purse. Exactly. <laughs> Damn it. It's your new desktop forever. You can't change it. I didn't want overnight shipping. God. <laughs> Uh, the, the real story for the, the whole entire day and really the rest of the week is Andrew's New Year's Eve parking debacle. Um, he starts out with the caveats to this story, explaining that this is not going to paint him in a good light and he's not necessarily proud of his behavior. And I don't think we need to go over the details of this again. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's been, been dissected every which way over the, the week of TBTL, but, um, some notes that I took uh, on their side comments, I thought it was interesting, their discussion about how you punctuate your thanks at the end of a note. Um, Andrew says that he, he started it with please and ended it with thanks, period. And they talked a little bit about how that can sound terse, and I agree with that. And I don't like to use excited marks, but I often do because I don't want my tone to be mistaken as overly... Right. Uh, grumpy. You're going along with the flow. That's what it's become is the exclamation point, the excited mark is that is what people do. If, yeah. if you if you don't yeah. have it, you sound flat. If you do two or more, you're like, hurry up and do this for me. <laughs> Why haven't you done this already? You know what I mean? Or it's the, and I, I think what Luke said is it's a thanks. Yeah. You know, it's this uh, come on, you asshole. Come on, just do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a, it's a, a forced smile. Thank you. So um, we're stuck. We're stuck on stupid with the one excited mark. I one think. excited mark, I think is what we kind of have to live with these days. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do that in work emails sometimes, especially to my boss. Um, and if I get a thanks period, I'm like, Ooh, what did I do? <laughs> exactly. To deserve I'm, that. I'm lesser now. Yeah. Um, I was very interested, as well as Luke was, that that um, 
Andrew and Veeves crumpled up that napkin on her car and threw it in the trash. They didn't yeah. read what that other note said. I think that would probably unlock some of the keys to this mystery. Agreed. Um, also, uh, framing the story is that Andrew and Veeves were going to the park to try out the new drone he got for Christmas. And Andrew mentioned, how many times has that phrase been uttered in the last two weeks? And Luke <laughs> said, as Jeff Richardson pointed out on our Facebook page, that Luke said, a goo-goo-plex <laughs> times. <laughs> I mean... That's not a that's science term, not you guys? a I'm... science term. No. No. Goo-goo.com. I mean, if Google has done anything, it's just raised the profile of that cool number. Yeah. And Luke still can't get it. Well, I know in The Simpsons, they that's where they go to the movies, at the Googleplex. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's what he was going for by meaning, you know, a lot of something. Yeah. I listened to it uh, over and over three or four times at half speed, which is really funny, by the way, to listen to a podcast, especially them. And ha they sound like they're on a lot of Dilaudid. Mm-hmm. Um, but Luke definitely said goo goo plex. That's the homeschooling. Yes, <laughs> you're right. I think you're right. Uh, the guy gets in Andrew's face and he claims that he snapped, but he didn't hit the guy. Um, so he must not have totally snapped because that's what happens when you really snap, right? There is a level of, there are different levels of snap. I mean, I, it was probably about a year ago when I jumped out of the car, maybe two years at this point, jumped out of the car when someone was honking at Emily when she was trying to do mm -hmm. some back-end parking, and I screamed I at them. I remember that story. There was a level of snapped there. I wasn't yeah. going to hit the lady <laughs> who I was screaming at. Right. But there was enough to be ashamed of myself. Yeah. I think when you're someone who's as repressed as Andrew, that um, snapping can be a much sort of lower uh, mm -hmm. threshold for you right. because yeah, just just yeah. the yelling will qualify for I him. I felt I, I was I was a very meek kid to the point where my mom bought me books on how to be assertive and tried to force me to like make, make call the doctor and make my own appointment so I would have to talk to somebody and I hated it but I was kind of like Andrew for for a long time and I, there was one point when I was in grad school I was living in a duplex I was on the bottom floor and there was a couple of guys who lived upstairs and I lived by myself and I for some reason was the only one who paid for the garbage removal that was billed separately. And as renters, you had to pay for that. And they were ruining the garbage situation every single week and causing me to get in trouble with the city. I don't remember. I have like some rage blindness about this situation. I don't remember the details, but I do remember that this was the first time that I ever snapped like that. And I really gave them a piece of my mind. And while it was happening, it just like flowed out of me. I didn't, my mm -hmm. brain turned off and it just came mm -hmm. out. And I remember thinking, this is beautiful what I'm saying. This is wonderful. <laughs> this is right. This feels great. I'm saying everything. I wasn't stuttering. I wasn't, my voice wasn't catching. I wasn't nervous. I was just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and I got it all off my chest and they were like, whoa, all right. And the problem was solved. And something after that, it just became so much easier to be assertive. So I wonder if this isn't going to be good for him. I don't know. He's he seems so... to have an episode every every once in a while, though. Yeah, and he's yeah. so in his head about it, and so um, conflicted, yeah. and still sort of really working hard to justify his behavior. That and I don't still know. Feeling bad about his behavior. Yeah. Well, I didn't feel bad about that garbage situation. Those guys were assholes, and I I was right. I was trying to think of if I've ever had any kind of similar situations because i am like andrew so 
kind of repressed and have was always taught to be polite over everything else. But then I remembered I had one time when I was 13 and in my street, there were two families that had uh, each had three boys around my age. So it was these six little jerks. And there was always like two or three of them who were, um, you know, at the same school with me. So they'd be riding the bus. So we'd be at the bus stop Mm -hmm. together. And um, our afternoon bus stop was next to a house that had crab apple trees. And so one nice fall day, they decided to start throwing crab apples at me as I walked away. And I never did anything to them. I never talked to them. I never looked to them. I just, you know, stood quietly at the bus stop and like read my book or quietly walked home from the bus. They just did it for fun. And I ignored it because, you know, you don't give them a reaction. That's what they're looking for. And I ignored it all fall. And then when it came to winter, they switched to snowballs. This wasn't every day, but it was several times a week. So they threw snowballs. And then the snow melted and they decided to switch to rocks. And one day... A rock just, I mean, it was, you know, like road detritus, like the stuff that gets left after all the snow melts in the gutters. Mm -hmm. So not like big rocks, but like large pebbles. That could be chunks of asphalt, too. Yeah. But so they just happened to hit me with a pebble right in the back of the head. And I completely lost it. I think I just whipped around. I started out with, you think you're so smart, don't you, you little fuckers? (laughs) And I went on for about 30 seconds and like I said words that I didn't know that I knew and I just screamed at them and then I shut my mouth and turned back around and walked away and they never bothered me again. Good. Good for you. Yeah. I wish I could translate that more to my adult life. Maybe not so much with the screaming and the swearing, but being more assertive like that is not a bad thing. It's not. It helps sometimes. Yeah. Um, Andrew was swearing like a sailor who doesn't know how to swear. Sounds like he kind of got in that fugue state too and just started Mm -hmm. spewing words. Um, Told the guy to go fuck himself and then kind of explained how that would work. Mm. That seems unnecessary. (laughs) That kind of loses your momentum a little bit when you have to explain the the anatomical. Yes. First, you're you're going to have to remove your penis from from your body. Then... Um, Andrew explains next door to Luke. I'm really surprised Luke doesn't know about next door. Uh, this is a hot topic of discussion in our chat. Um, because Mike, you have, you have a lot of, uh, nosy neighbors and so do I. And, um, in my neighborhood, it's really a way for scared old white people to post their camera footage of black or brown salespeople ringing their doorbells (laughs) and then leaving, um, (laughs) And they put they they put those video clips up and they sit with headlines of "Am I being cased?" <laughs> right. Um, right. And and Duff and I have a great time. Like I don't use Nextdoor for really anything um, other than if there's a dog I found. Yeah. Um, but I love to go on there and and explain to them why they're being idiots. And Duff is really good at this because he's from Detroit and he always uses the Detroit card. And so this particular one, this was one that actually happened that I just described. It was just somebody ringing a doorbell and then leaving. They did nothing suspicious other mm. than have dark skin. Um, and so he explained to them uh, – What would happen if you were actually being cased? He said, I know you've got cameras in the front, so you probably have cameras in the back. So if you saw someone's head pop over your 10-foot fence uh, at the same time, maybe you're being cased. But otherwise, that's a solicitor, you racist old fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they also like to post pictures of people's cars, including their license plates, if they're parked on their street, you know, Mm -hmm. for more than 10 minutes. 
Um, yep. Anybody who goes more than 30 miles an hour through the neighborhood, their picture, their car's picture is getting put up there. And and everyone, everyone's advice to everyone else, no matter what it is, a Kirby vacuum salesman or just someone parked on the street for a couple of minutes trying to eat their sandwich, uh, call the cops. So yeah. the cops and Kyle have to just be constantly rolling their eyes at these people. Do you have um, police people on your next door neighborhood? Um, there's there's one lady whose husband is a cop and uh, and she's been melting down actually on next door because apparently they broke up and now she's she's selling her house and she's oh uh, looking for a divorce attorney and all all on next door. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> oh God! But no, we don't have a lot of police presence. I think it's because they're trying to quell the fear. Um, mm-hmm. But we have actual Dallas police official postings in our next door um, neighborhood app talking about what to do if X, Y, and Z happens. And here's the next community meeting. And, and I think they're trying to really be present so that people are less afraid mm-hmm. of yeah, others. Dallas That's really all it is. Yeah, reputation for trying yeah, to keep the racism down. Yeah, but I think they know what they're dealing with in this neighborhood. And I think they're trying to reduce some of those oh my gosh, I saw a person, I need to call the police. Yeah. Calls by soothing us. They they just pop in now and then and, and try to soothe us all down. Here's here's a, here's the thing. If some if you see someone committing a crime, call the cops. Short of that, <laughs> don't do it. I mean, everyone here has guns. Everyone here has cameras. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not afraid of, of the people outside. Maybe people are taking if you see something say something too literally i mean maybe there should be some criteria for what something constitutes yeah if you see something make sure it's really something yeah (laughs) um all right uh andrew is wondering a little bit if he's getting blamed for maybe somebody else putting a note so he put one note in pink ink which is the the color of friendship (laughs) sure 12 year old girl <laughs> right why does he have a pink pen um yeah. and uh it's possible that you know maybe this lady just parks like a jerk all the time and a lot of people are calling her out and then andrew got the brunt of this guy's mm-hmm. anger which i think is a legitimate uh concern um and then he said hi sarcastically to somebody he thought was his asshole neighbor it turned out to be his <laughs> asshole neighbor's wife who just politely said hello back to him so that probably took some wind out of his sails oh andrew I know. But isn't she the offender, though? The original offender? Well, she's the parking offender. She's yeah. not the the assaulter. But yeah. Mm-hmm. she. It sounds like she doesn't know what's going, what's going on between those two, perhaps. Oh, you don't think any angry guy reported back? I don't know. Wouldn't she have reacted differently to Andrew then? Yeah, probably. Or maybe she's just as frightened as he is and about this psycho bearded guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I better not escalate this situation. He just said beards used to be a better indicator of psycho. There are too many people have beards now. <laughs> yeah, now it's just a hipster. Yeah, it used thing. to be a stronger correlation of beard to crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, side story: Luke talks about when he and Carrie were walking Rudy, and Rudy broke free and actually dragged Carrie down a trail, um, and then encircled a couple with two dogs. Um, and the guy kind of snapped and, and yelled at Luke to get control of his dog. And that brought out the big dog and Luke a little bit. Um, and told he told the guy that if he ever talked to his wife like that, he'd fuck him up, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Dignified. Speaking of things that don't don't reflect well on you. Yeah. And, I mean, 
I know people have a lot of opinions about dogs, but I have to say, I kind of agree with the old guy here with the, I mean, having your dog so badly trained that it's able to wrench itself out of your grasp and then go <laughs> assault some people and some strange dogs. I, I can't, it's, a, it's top of mind for me because we're doing all this training with Eddie and Eddie has some of that and it's a social socialization and training issue and you can train that out. Um, but we all know they haven't trained Rudy at not all. at all. So, and that's a dangerous situation because that dog, Rudy could go try to say hi to a dog that wants to bite her face off. Yeah. Um, and another part of that is that, you know, you never know where that dog is from. Molly Duff's really paranoid about that because people would let their dogs off of their leashes in Detroit to try and fight Molly because she looks like a fighting dog. Um, so he doesn't react well when a strange dog, no matter how friendly it looks, mm -hmm. um, his, his lizard brain thinks that that dog is trying to kill Molly and he's extremely protective of her. So I, as much as Luke tries to justify that, I'm not, I'm never going to buy it. No, I, I think that dog owners, some dog owners, I should say, just don't quite understand that not everybody knows that their dog is just a big puddle of love. Yeah. And some people are genuinely afraid of dogs. Yeah. I, I have a friend who is a, a big dog lady and she has a beagle who's kind of an escape artist. And she told me this story about how she was out looking for the beagle and found her trotting down the middle of the road kind of after a couple of teenage girls and she was baying at them. And she mm -hmm. was laughing about, oh, the, how scared these girls were. I mean, didn't they know that the beagle's not going to attack her? And I was like, no, no, they don't know that the beagle's not going to attack them. I would be nervous. If there's yeah. a strange dog coming after me and howling, I just, no matter how lovely and well-meaning Rudy is, strangers don't know that. So I think it's Luke and Carrie's responsibility to um, make to sure something like that doesn't happen. To get control of his dog, like the guy yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. The worst, the worst can happen. And it happened mm -hmm. to me because I was walking my, my old friend, Jack, who died a couple of years ago, who was a, about a 60-pound boxer pit bull mix. I was walking him and there was a lady walking a little bit smaller um, dog, but not a lot smaller. And that dog got away from her and attacked my dog. And, mm -hmm. and he got messed up because I wouldn't let him fight. I kept pulling right. up on his chain and that dog, you know, we had to take take Jack to the vet and get him stitched up. Oh. He wanted to fight <laughs> once that dog attacked him, but um, sure. I didn't let him. But uh, when you're a dog owner, you have to think worst case scenario when there's a, a dog coming at you. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> you don't know that dog. No, um, you don't. It could be it could be sweet like Rudy or it could be a jerk that wants to fight like the one that attacked Jack. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Luke, the end of that story is he tried to apologize to some different people <laughs> later on. <laughs> but I, I give him credit for wanting to apologize. That, yeah. would, that would be a really nervous making operation for me. Yeah. too. I think that's healthier than Andrew's response. Who's saying, hey, no, crazy, it's, still it's, crazy. Yeah, this is like the worst thing that you could do. And just being I still know. so mad and so insistent that it's the other guy's fault. And I'm not going to apologize because I have nothing to apologize for. That's that's not that's not a healthy attitude. Nope. Um, Luke recommends a pretty, I thought, a healthy and constructive um, uh, plan for Andrew, which is to kind of write out a mental script um, for what he's going to say the next time he sees the guy, it, d depending on whether he's being polite or rude. And I think that's absolutely Lisa Weinberg's influence. Um, that's Luke growing up and getting therapy. 
Um, Because I think that seems like a pretty good plan Um, so that Mm -hmm. Andrew doesn't fly off the handle. So he has some prepared words to say and he doesn't have to feel nervous about it um, coming up with the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing. Um, We had a sort of similar uh, situation when we were teenagers. Duff and I did. Um, we were walking to Blockbuster, which will tell you that this was in the 90s. <laughs> and, um, there was a, an SUV that was driving kind of recklessly and it, it careened into the parking lot and it almost hit me. Um, as we were walking, Duff was a little bit behind me and uh, that caused him to kind of flip a switch. And he actually chased that car and he smacked the back window. He wow. was like sm- smashing his fist on the back window. Um, and it's, it clearly scared them because they, ca- they were trying to go to Blockbuster and they just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> they just left. <laughs> and, and we were teenagers at this point. He, he wouldn't react like that now. It was not a good reaction. But I was sort of like, whoa. And that was, his, that, was that same protection instinct, I think. Of, of I almost got hit by this reckless asshole and he needed to have some he needed to have vengeance i can't say i've ever had that reaction to Mm-mm. something like that i wonder if this is a male it thing. might be the two the two times that i have aggressively you know gotten like that were the time that parking incident and then mm-hmm. another time when i was with my first wife and my stepdaughter and we were at the circus and some guys a couple guys were being jerks they were in front of us and they were they were just being jerks to, to my wife, and and I took one of them. We went out to the concourse, and I was wanting to fight him, but he didn't want to fight. So thank God <laughs> there were, I did, we didn't go to jail that day. But uh, yeah, it's something about someone, you know, just disrespecting your partner right in front of you. Just it's probably more about me than than them for sure. You know. It's yeah, like, I sort of I sort of wasn't happy with Duff after this. Right. Um, it doesn't like go should, over well. It does not that. ever go over well. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the sentiment, but that yeah. you, you could have really gotten into a terrible fight or broken yes. their car and then gotten sued or, mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. There aren't a lot um, of great outcomes when you fly into a rage. Nope. Nope. Do we have anything else on this for now? This is pretty much the story for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, we did get a voicemail uh, from listener Jesse clarifying what a familiar is, saying it's traditionally... Um, an animal that assists a witch with her magic. It's a not a real a thing is what we're, we're saying. A familiar <laughs> it's, is it's not a real thing. thing. And it doesn't really matter if Dracula has one or not, or if it's Brad Renfro or Mrs. Right. Renfro's salsa. Dracula is not Redfield, a real thing. Cause none of that's real. Familiar is not a real thing. Dracula was exactly. too a real thing. Are you kidding? Vlad the Impaler? Well, like, there was, <laughs> there was a dude at some point, but he's dead. He's been dead a long time, and he ain't coming. I'm pretty back. sure he turned into a bat and flew around. That's true. Mm, yeah, he might be in a coffin the cartoons somewhere. I just watched, yes. <laughs> All right, uh, Thursday, uh, twenty-two eighty-eight. I have not written the title in for this one. So Donovan S. Pumpkins. <laughs> All right, awesome. Anytime we talk about David S. Pumpkins, I'm I'm good with it. <laughs> yes. Uh, the show opens with "This Is My Fight Song." Uh, by the Stewbot, who which is a, so a mocking good. version of the song uh, based on Andrew's long ass story. Good start to the show on Thursday. Yes. Really like that. Uh, Luke is still eating zoodles, not eating them on the air, so he's somewhat <laughs> keeping his promise. Yeah. 
Um, I love that uh, Pee Wee Herman drop is played to mock Andrew's aggression. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to get mixed up with a guy like me. Olive is uh, missing. I think this is the first time. Yeah, this is the first time we yeah. hear about Olive mm-hmm. missing. And Andrew doesn't, or sorry, Luke doesn't seem too worried about it. Um, there was I, a lot of discussion on the Stens page about this. And I wonder if, I don't think she's missing, missing. I think she's just out of the house more than she's in the house. And she's not around for the recording. That's how I took it. Mm-hmm. Not that she's gone. I think um, Luke needs to be more careful with uh, using the word missing in reference to his pet because the unless she the really cat is, people are going to get worried. Yeah. He sounds really unconcerned, like you said, and that's going to obviously rile us all up. Well, I... I don't think he care. I don't think he cares about cats very much. He was afraid of Vanessa's cat. He doesn't seem to ever have much to say about Olive. Carrie clearly loves Olive from all the pictures mm-hmm. of that cute kitty that we've gotten. And there may there may be some discord in the house if if Olive is actually still missing and Carrie yeah. is blaming Luke for letting Olive out too soon in her life. Um, I don't know. I th- we may have seen the last of all. And I, you I know, not. I don't want to, I mean, my, my brother has had a lot of cats. His family's had a lot of cats and coyotes love cats. So mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not predicting anything and I hope Olive's okay. But uh, when you let cats outside in the Pacific Northwest, coyotes love cats. Yeah. And not to snuggle with, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, maybe when it's real cold, they'll hey. snuggle with them <laughs> before they kill them. But uh, no, uh, Luke is dressed freakishly. And it becomes the show picture, which I haven't checked out yet, but um, he claims that he has a Charlie Brown face uh, and that it's the outfit is giving him a, a Kenny from South Park. He does look like Kenny. He's <laughs> he <right>. does. <laughs> and he does have a round face and there's nothing wrong with that. No. Right. Right. I, I think I really do think that's one of the reasons he thinks he can't lose his hair because he doesn't want to look like the guy from Game of Thrones. He wants to look more like the guy from Downton Abbey. Uh, I can't think of either one of their names right now. But those are the two guys who always get brought up when when uh, people are talking about how... Yeah, you, do, you how don't want to look like Varys. Varys, right. Yep. Right. Um, but I, I do. Th- I think he looks more like uh, the, the guy from Downton Abbey. Than Lord Grantham. Varys. Lord Grantham, mm-hmm. right. Luke Grantham. Uh, the, uh, someone... Oh, there's a lot of advice, of course, rolling in about Andrew's thing. And I, I read one on the Stens page that was actually a pretty good piece of advice. I can't remember who put mm-hmm. it up, but, um, you know, it would be one that if that had happened to me, I probably would have tried to implement their advice. But Andrew's not interested. He's seeing it. He's not not wanting to engage with it. Still probably too mad and ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um that the pink ink strategy backfired. Uh, <laughs> hard to believe that was a thing, the pink ink strategy. Uh, there's a, a great email from Arkansas John, who starts off starts off in the doghouse <laughs> with Andrew by calling him Andy, <laughs> and s- says that he comes off as a self-righteous and, ty- and tight-assed. Which, I love this guy. Which, you know, that's just calling a spade a spade as far, you yeah. know. He's a very self-righteous guy, and he can be a bit tight-assed. And when the guy said that, it, much like his wife, then Andrew forgave the guy because if he <laughs> loves his wife, then he can love Andrew despite right. his righteousness and tight-assery. Andrew contains multitudes. We all know this. Right. Uh, the, isn't anyway. that why the, we love him? Because yeah. he's 
flawed and interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a completely different way than Luke or you or mm-hmm. me. I mean, right. that's why it's interesting, right? The emailer um, advises them to ignore window paper, which would be <laughs> anything from, I would guess, uh, flyers to um, to notes to, to tickets? actual tickets. <laughs> I don't think you should ignore window paper. I think you should no. always look at what the window paper says. I always do. And if it's, you know, it's for five bucks off a of pizza. If you're in the market for a pizza, that's great. If not, then yeah, feel free to get mad that you now have to throw something away for somebody. Um, the suggestion is that he, that Andrew create a Walsh world where he, he becomes the parking enforcement officer of his own neighborhood and this is turns perfect. it into a revenue generating thing by oh I, I know you could I know you could create your own official looking tickets or whatever and oh, yeah. like put your address or your PO box instead of the the cities or whatever. You could you could make some money and get away with this for a while, but this is the kind of thing that um authorities take very seriously. Yeah, this sounds like a serious crime. It is. It totally is. Anytime you mess with the government in yeah. any way uh, they they will throw all their resources behind uh, fucking you up. There was a, a mm-hmm. guy who came into our tank in the King County Jail, into the Fed tank in the in KCJ, that uh, he had he had left a threatening voicemail for the president, which I think back then was the first Bush, second Bush, I can't remember, but anyway, he left a, a threatening voicemail, and he was going away for a while. Wow, just yeah. for a phone call, you know? Mm-hmm. So think think twice before doing anything that might even look partially official, uh, any fake tickets or whatever. I appreciate uh, Big John's dilemma living in Arkansas as a pretty big fellow myself. I'm not really physically afraid of, of many people, but um, to, to, to be this a bigger fella with some anger problems, I don't really have a lot of anger problems, but he says he does. It's a bad place to have those problems and not have a gun because yeah. <laughs> you can just go off on, on some little fella and he'll just walk over to his car and get his gun or good mm-hmm. chance in Texas he's got it on him. So yep. you might win the argument. You might be able to beat up 99% of the people you run into, John. But yeah, you can't beat up that gun. So I And I do think about that when I get angry in traffic and in here in Texas. I just, I don't. I'm never going to, I'm I'm just going to take it, whatever it is, because mm-hmm. I want to live to see tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Luke is shocked uh, when a parking enforcement person um, gave his, gave him a ticket when his car was parked illegally and it treats the <laughs> man like a complete asshole. He's told this story before and mm-hmm. I can't believe, I can't believe he thinks this is okay. I wouldn't even tell Mm-mm. this story on myself. Mm-mm. It was awful. What he said to that person. Um, he talks about, he, he's talked about this before, and I agree with him to uh, some extent that being poor can be expensive, but because, you know, you can't afford to pay the ticket and then it turns into a big deal and then all right. of a sudden you owe thousands of dollars in tickets or whatever. But um, it's pretty easy not to get a parking ticket. I've never yeah. had one. Just don't park illegally. Yep. I've been, I've been very poor um, in my life and, uh, there are certain things you can do to ease that burden on yourself. And one of them is to not do things that would get you a ticket. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's really easy. I never got a ticket then. <laughs> right. And and you know that in all of these situations, 
he knows that he's parking illegal. This mm-hmm. is part of his personality. He's just going to yeah. do it and and hope for the best. And so, yeah, it's the cat and mouse game. You got caught. It's a ticket. You got to pay it. Um, it's not like you know. He he wasn't saying <clears throat> he wasn't saying that the that the person walked up on him and 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 the car was parked legally and he was still getting a ticket. No, he did whatever he was getting ticketed for. He deserved the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice if they wink and nod and put it away or whatever. But I imagine there has to be some sort of thing where you you put that ticket in and it has to stay in because those people could be bribed. You know, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Like say, hey, just put, just reverse that, and here's twenty bucks. You know, you know they could be bribed. So once it's in, it's probably in. They probably really can't pull it out. I think. And anyway. probably different municipalities have different systems. Maybe some people can, and some people can't. Right. Uh, Andrew's New Year's res- resolutions are to drink more martinis and be nicer to parking <laughs> enforcement people. I agree with the second one. Martinis yeah. are disgusting. I wouldn't mind being a parking enforcement person. First of all, it would give me another conveyance, a little cool conveyance to drive around in. Oh, yeah. Um, and second of all, you know, if people are parking like assholes, they deserve to get tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, so I wouldn't feel bad about it at all. Say all the shit. You probably you have to take a lot there. of abuse, though, from assholes like Luke. If if uh, yeah, if if he I'm good at taking abuse, though. So. If he were yelling at me like that, I would I would just smile at him and then I would just be on the lookout for his car all mm-hmm. the time. <laughs> say, I oh, wonder if people would yell car. at a man with a stump. Oh, <laughs> good point. I could wave it at them and point at them. Yeah. They, you know, Emily loves it when I wave my stump around. Not seriously. She doesn't. <laughs> she freaks her the fuck out. <laughs> uh, top story. The dabbing kid. Um, the biggest part, the biggest thing I was surprised in their analysis of this story, it came from Andrew and he was talking about how handsome that kid was and that, I that know. kid never had a problem a day in his life. He looked like a this young, is just chubby his class Hayes, envy. Yeah. Including the transitions lenses. I think the kid had. <laughs> he's just mad at him because his dad's a Senator or whatever. Right. His dad's a big timer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no defending the kid. It's really stupid. I mean, yeah, yeah. Even if you don't respect the person, uh, respect their politics, you have to respect the office. I mean, this is a this is a man who's one of the most powerful people in the United States, and and he he's you know he deserves the the respect of the office, at least in public. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just try to be nice humans to each other, respectful to each other. Don't be young chubby asshole Chris Hayes. <laughs> um tv theme song uh the jeopardy category um alex trebek puts a lot of stank on <laughs> okay yeah you're yeah that's bull right um we get a lot of that in seattle and ballard you get old old guys that talk like that they're probably all dying off by now but it, and do you have people in the midwest or, that are still Anchored on their Scandinavian accent. Of course. Of course. Especially the people out in the rural areas out on the Iron Range. That's very heavily Scandinavian. So they they all talk like that. You get it in Michigan, too. Mm -hmm. People who have their saunas. Mm -hmm. I love it. I think it's a charming accent. Oh, it makes my ears bleed. Trebek breaks it out, then it's fucking crazy. (laughs) Uh, Chris Berman is retiring, which leads to the telling of uh, You're With Me Leather, 
story, which I've heard before, and it's I want it to be true, real bad. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I looked at pictures of Chris Berman, and I can't imagine that working for him. You have to be some kind of sports fan as a lady for to mm-hmm. just overcome. Yeah. I agree with you. I think I blacked out during this conversation. Yeah, I thought maybe, you know, 30 years ago, maybe he was really good looking. No, he pretty much looked the same. Yeah, he did. He did. He's just, 30 years ago, it was just sort of an inside nesting doll version of the Chris Berman now. He's still pretty much Oh, that guy? He's got a lot of face meat. (laughs) There's a lot of face. (laughs) Wow. Meredith, don't say stuff like that when I just taken a sip of Sorry. water. Oh. I didn't know who this guy was, so I had to Google image search him. Yeah, just imagine him walking around the hotel room in his scrote tote. No, thanks. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, there was speculation, uh, especially from Luke, about what we would all do in Andrew's situation. I think anytime one of your friends gets in one of these things, you know, you're like, well, you know what I would have done was, you know, uh-huh. something way cooler than anything you did. Sure. Way tougher and cooler. And yes, Luke probably would have thrown fists. Probably would have. And it would have been a stupid decision. Oh, yeah. Let's not be given. Let's not hold hold him up as the the example to to follow in any of these situations. Um, They start playing Kids Bop, which doesn't sound like Kids Bop. Sounds exactly like the song that they were trying to play. My note was, was don't overthink Kids Bop, Luke. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, my thought was that sounds better than the actual song to me, mm-hmm. which that's not supposed to be. The kids' bop's supposed to suck, kind of. I think. Um, Tom, uh, Luke's about to be on Wait Wait with uh, on the Tom Hanks hosted show, and he seems like he is really set on getting a picture, which shouldn't be a mm-hmm. problem. There should be lots of pictures taken with the host. Sure. Yeah. So I don't think he should have to worry about this, but unless he's trying to get his family in. To the picture? Do you think that's what he has planned? Because he says there's going to be a lot of... It doesn't sound like it. It sounded like... I don't know. He's always just so invested in, you know, being chill, being the cool guy, and being the, you're Tom Hanks, but we're on the same level, really. (laughs) You know? I also know Howard Schultz. Here's how I picture (laughs) it. He he goes in for his picture with Tom Hanks. He's taking individual pictures with each of the panelists. And he's just about to lean into the picture. They're just about to take the picture. And then um, David Burbank tosses him a pumpkin to hold into the picture. (laughs) Oh, I hope he does that. That would be great. Yes. I want to know how Luke lucked out that he gets to be on this show. Yeah. How is it not like Mo Rocca and Paula Poundstone? And I don't know who the third person would be, but Tom Baudet. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited for him. That yeah. is really great. One of he's probably one of the celebrities that I would actually pursue meeting if mm-hmm. I had a chance. Well, and he seems really gracious. I'm sure if Luke wanted him to take a picture with his family, he would do it. Oh, totally. Yep. Yeah, Andrew is very anti picture with celebrity, and I I really am too. <laughs> I mean, I I have met a fair number of celebrities, and I don't have pictures with anyone any of them. And you'll just have to take my word for me that from me that I've met them. You know, I, I don't want to take a minute of their time to lean into an awkward photo with me so I can put it on my Facebook page. That sounds horrible. But I don't believe the story about Michael Jordan's penis unless I see the picture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, 
the one you shouldn't believe, but but is totally true, is Dominic Wilkins' penis. Holy oh, right. <laughs> Michael Jordan had no problems. I'll, I'll say that. He had no problems. But Dominic Wilkins, forget about it. There's a famous picture, uh, x-ray of, of his knee that his penis is infringed on. So. <laughs> um. An email from a uh, a listener whose husband went into a rage in a restaurant uh, at a fancier restaurant than they, they normally would go to when he tried to get his burger medium rare. And they said that the burgers came how they came and you couldn't get a medium rare. And I, I, I don't agree with flying into a rage, but I, I agree with questioning that. If I'm paying, mm-hmm. you know, $20 for a hamburger. Yeah. What will kind of fancy restaurant was this? I think I've been to a couple of restaurants that are like that. I th- I went to one recently and I was trying to remember what it was, but I think it was one of those restaurants here where you get the Juicy Lucy, you know, the ones that have cheese in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I think they may have to cook them to a specified temperature in order to like get the cheese yeah. melted or something. I get that if it's a, an offshoot of a burger, some mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, but this is a burger. It right. can easily be done <laughs> to specifications, yeah. and you will do them to my specifications. Unless they're all pre-cooked, in which case it's not that great of a restaurant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or, or unless it's like Dick's Restaurant where, hey, it's $1.39, shut the fuck yeah. up and go eat it. If they think that In-N-Out is maybe a fancy restaurant, then I could understand. Yeah. But... Yeah. So I, I felt for him there. Well, but, uh, and then he got real sick the I, next day. I'm dubious of that. I mean, like if someone if – someone did something to your food, they're not likely going to poison it. They're just going to do something gross to it, which is organic gross. and will probably get you sick. But, you know, I I won't say it can't happen or hasn't happened, but I'm dubious Maybe in a nicer restaurant. Maybe it was karmic. It was like a karmic retribution, <laughs> not anything that the staff actually did. Yeah. I think what I would do, I would rather walk out of the restaurant than fly into a rage and say, oh, okay, well, then I won't be spending my money here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we go to one nice meal, really one one super nice meal a year. On my birthday is in uh, early July, and our anniversary is the next day, and so we go to Ruth's Chris to celebrate both together. And mm. we've never been treated with less than just wonderful hospitality there. I can't imagine them ever saying I couldn't have something cooked the way I wanted, even no. if I was trying to get our filet mignon black. You know, <laughs> just medium, you know, well, medium, but like yeah, a little bit, more, a little more, like add a well to that. <laughs> medium well plus plus plus, plus. till it's smoking. That's that's yeah. what I want. Just cooked all like brown all the way through. Yeah. Um, Friday twenty two eighty three. Not today, baby face. Olive is still missing, and I really do. I do believe they haven't seen Olive. Um, but I, I do think Meredith, from his tone, you could definitely say that there's a chance that um, Olive is just not is like coming and eating the food and leaving, like mm-hmm. nobody's seeing Olive, but there's signs that Olive still exists. I hope that maybe I'm just being hopeful here. I hope that's all it is. Uh, then there is beer talk, specifically Michelob Ultra. Um, ah, the commercials for Michelob Ultra, boy. There are some douchebags in there. Are they the ones where people are working out and active and then they go and have one beer yeah, because they, it has little carbs? They, they stand around with their one beer. I can still enjoy a social life. 
Yeah. You have abs. I, mm-hmm. I think of um, Rob Delaney once said that the Porsche Cayenne, and and in in this case, I'm going to equate Michelob Ultra as the Porsche Cayenne of of beers. The Porsche Cayenne is a a great way of getting terrible people from point A to point B. <laughs> Uh, speaking of terrible people, I'm terrible because it bothers me when Andrew says lackadaisical and Luke says irregardless. And Those both caught my ear too. Same couple of minutes. <laughs> oh, so mad. There's plenty of sports announcers who love to say lackadaisical and it mm-hmm. drives me nuts every time. They they are two different words. Uh, the Back in into the beer talk, the there's a new Heineken commercial with the Barabajagal song. Why? 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 That is a terrible song. <laughs> I didn't even know that existed. Me what neither. What world was this where this was all going on? And thank God I was not a part of the Donovan Barabajagal generation, I guess. <laughs> I think Donovan's written worse songs than Barabajagal. <laughs> That's a fair statement. Yeah. I, I agree. I have heard another Donovan song, so I have to agree with that as well. <laughs> the Westworld guy, this had been driving me crazy too, because I knew I knew that guy from somewhere, but I was I was kind of into that show and I didn't want to break out my laptop and look it up or whatever, who that guy was. He, Of course he was Lyle the intern <laughs> from the Letterman show. I used to watch those bits on YouTube and and I just watched them again and they are so great. It's <laughs> It's he is like the worst millennial, you know, worst slacker. It's it, they're worth watching. So go watch the YouTubes of Lyle the Intern. That guy's real name is Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, he's on House of Cards, isn't he? Oh, I haven't watched that. I think so. He plays a computer yeah, hacker. He is. Yep. Yeah, and he plays something. Well, he was in Always Sunny. Yes, I I I didn't place him there either, and that is disturbing as hell. I feel like I've seen him play like a heroin addict in something maybe in house or something like that they, they he's ha- all over the place it looks like he's just like character actor who does mm-hmm. tons of tv shows yeah he he might be one of those one of those people who when uh when they're doing that reel at the oscars the year he dies he oh that guy oh that mm-hmm. guy i like that guy he was good <laughs> um more death cab uh cut-ups from lynn this is a thing all week the um this is the New Year song. I really like that album. I really like that song, but uh, I, I can't. I, we gotta, we gotta give it up. Oh boy. Well, so Anne, I wanted you to 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 give a verdict on this because Luke says that Andrew's on key. Oh yeah, I <laughs> forgot. Anne's I don't think that's um, true. It could be worse. Let's yeah. put it that way. Okay, mm. you are a kind lady. <laughs> He's in rhythm though. He got that pretty well. Yeah, I can. Be he in wasn't really. No, it's it's not a great vocal performance, but it's not it's nothing that he should be totally embarrassed about listening to. <laughs> but he is, of course. Yeah. But the question remains: Is this the Luke year, or is this the Drew year, two thousand seventeen? Well, Luke is getting to meet Tom Hanks, and yeah, he's like he's ahead. Andrew is brawling with his neighbor over parking spot, so I think it's a Luke year so far. Yeah. Um, we, we find out that this, this is the third attempt at recording at which, which point they say all the brilliant things that they come up with in the first two <laughs> attempts at recording. 
with how long these shows were, I mean, Friday, that was like almost an actual work day for mm-hmm. them. <laughs> Had to yeah. be like at least six, seven hours of trying to record. Uh, Andrew is going to miss the game due to a sports hating friend. Um, I, I understand people that don't like sports. I don't, I don't care for people that are always out there like on their social media saying, I don't get the point of sports. Okay. It's all right. It's not Mm -hmm. for you. Right. I mean, I, I hate music. I don't spend all my time (laughs) on, on Twitter saying music is terrible. You all suck for listening to music. What are you doing? It's with okay your for people to like things that you don't like. Right. <laughs> but I'm also not thrilled about people being on social media all the time going, Hawks win! <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I do tweet occasionally about sports, but I, I try to keep it very, very topical. And, and, you know, you will know right away that it's not for you. But I, I don't go on there and say, victory is ours. Vanquished are the opponents. You know. It's not my thing. Maybe you should. No. Vanquished are the opponents. <laughs> my. Uh yeah, this 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 friend sounds like a, a ton of fun. This whoever Well, but he's well, making the right call. This is a yes. no. oh, this is a friend he hasn't seen in years. I agree. He's not allowed to Okay. I agree that it's the right call. Just because she doesn't like f- sports and is kind of vocally anti sports. Whatever. Just no that's not, not anybody that would ever be my friend. So yeah. um so they talk about media blackouts and how uh, Andrew and Veeves were trying to get through to a Seahawks game, Seahawks game that they had DVR'd and they got a cabbie smirking that uh, ruined their time because the cabbie knew <laughs> what the outcome was and what they wanted. And they interpreted his smirk as that they had won. But I wouldn't always do that. I wouldn't always assume that because the cabbie may hate you and may be smirking because your team got pantsed or something uh the sunday night football you guys don't know these songs right you don't know the sunday night football song do you i've heard it it's terrible it is terrible i've seen that weird video too because don't watch it yeah they they get they film all these players separately and then they try to put them and the artists together like they're interacting in some way and it is super creepy especially russell wilson's checking out her ass when you know he was not looking at her ass he was probably at the children's hospital you know and they just told him hey <laughs> yes do give us a couple looks or whatever so uh i will say that the thursday night football is uh song is a jam so stop whatever you're doing and go listen to the thursday night football song um top story i think it's the top story i can't remember them even playing the sounder but conan is being downsized possibly all the way to a uh, what do they say, an online show or a podcast? Yeah, or? just mm-hmm. a web-only show. A web show. Hmm. That's even worse than a podcast, isn't it? That's like what Tom <laughs> Likas to is doing. Kill it really slowly. Yeah. Well, I guess if, if he keeps uh, gets to keep hammering those checks, he's got to do whatever he's got to do because he yeah. makes a lot of money. Uh, why is late-night TV dying? Luke had his theories on why late-night TV is dying and that was because people have more access to content and mm-hmm. variety uh you know everywhere which you know he's he's doing one of the last radio variety shows there is so he's defying the odds there i i kind of think that um it used to be a lot of older people that watched late night shows and those people are no longer around and the younger people that started watching 
um, late night shows have sort of faded into, you know, just bring me the highlights. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not going to sit at 1130 and watch this. I mean, do either of you watch any late night shows or just watch highlights? No, when you see? no, I don't either. I just watch highlights. Yeah. Just whenever people post something on Facebook, you know. Yeah, I'll watch a Fallon clip. I usually enjoy those, mm -hmm. um, but I certainly don't seek them out. I mean, it just seems like there's so much content. The the pieces of the pie have to be getting slimmer and slimmer, and I, I just don't think they're going to be able to justify these big productions much anymore. I mean, I think you'll still have like two or three big shows, but everything else it just seems so splintered, and we're all going to seek the content that pleases us the most, and it, that may, you know, we we are each creating our own channels in a way mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um the chewbacca mask birth story Goodness. Uh, i think andrew correctly diagnosed this as a hoax mm -hmm. he's pretty good at that and yeah i believe him because they put the audio side by side from that uh laughing lady and the lady who's supposedly screaming and you could really hear the laughing lady talking while she had the mask on yeah it's screaming lady was super muffled like she like she had a washcloth on her face as well as a chewbacca mask or something i think that's kind of beside the point um i've never given birth but i've seen it happen several times and no one is going to put up with having a mask on her face while <laughs> mm -hmm. she's in that much pain right. you just go to kind of a different plane of existence and you would tear that off you know in a second there's no way that would stay on her face I doubt medical professionals would allow you to put a mask on your face. Yeah, probably not. That's a good point. Because they're responsible for the outcome of this birth. So let's yeah. let's not be smothering our... And if you throw up with a Chewbacca, Chewbacca mask on, <laughs> it's not going to be good for anyone. No, no. Get yourself a vomit sleeve instead of a Chewbacca mask. Their vomit yeah. sleeves are wonderful. That's all I had for Friday. Let's get into the music for your weekend. Luke plays uh, some Fleetwood Mac, secondhand news, um, which which is, I mean, let's let's face it, it's a it's a creepy lyric. Let me do my stuff. What, <laughs> what like you're 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 not a participant in this? You know, this is a roofie situation. Just let me do my stuff, okay? I don't know. Seems to be seems to be someone who's bad at dating and getting with ladies. Andrew's song, Kamaya. How does it feel? And then. Uh, R10, Steve Stevenson, suggests <laughs> babyface whip appeal. Uh, there's some discussion about oh, what the song means. It's simple, right? Nice car, right? Um, I think that's what it means now. Uh, I urban dictionaried it. It's a safe one, actually. And one of the alternate definitions is that you like whip your head around to look at somebody. Oh, oh I got you. Okay. Yeah, they, they a rare clean visit to Urban Dictionary. I applaud that yes. for nothing else. Right. <laughs> okay, that's all I have for Friday. All right, it's time for housekeeping. Wait, uh, wait, wait, this... wait, 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 wait. You neglected the actual ten suggestion. Oh, I did for music. <laughs> yes, Steve Stevenson. Luke made that up. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, because he just wanted to play whip appeal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I when they, when they started playing whip whip uh, whip appeal, I think I felt I'd done my duty and I turned it off. <laughs> Power out. The actual uh, listener suggestion was from Matthew, who played Serengeti ARP because we're all such big Serengeti fans, 
And then there was some weird story about Andrew hanging around with Serengeti after the the live show and having some oh yeah in an Uber, Uber in a cheap adventure Uber in the Midwest being mm-hmm. nine dollars mm-hmm. even if you get on the highway. Yeah, I remember that. But Luke did a very <laughs> okay. good job of of introducing Steve Stevenson and his pick. That was just Luke number two pick. <laughs> I fell for it. Hey, I, 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 in the words of Dante from Clerks, I wasn't even supposed to be here today. So <laughs> don't true. criticize my work. Good point. Um, this is your last chance to submit questions for Jail Dude. Um, episode five of the Frizzell Files is coming soon. So send your questions to our email or our voicemail line, and we will try to get to them. If you think there's anything that Christy hasn't asked him, please let us know. And that will be on the last episode of Questions for Mike. I got a really interesting question from Jeff Richardson uh, this week. And I told him, send it to the ice lady. I'm not in charge of this thing. So there are still questions out there that haven't been answered that actually might be interesting enough to listen to one more hour, hour and a half of me going on and on. We are still working on the archive project, or by we, I should say, Anne seems to be the only person still working on the archive project. And we still have weeks to do. We still need help with this. It's not done. Um, So what we've decided in our Q1, Q4 meeting is that we're going to start a contest. And we haven't worked out the 100% of the details, but what we have decided is that each submitted episode, so each day that you archive, is going to earn you a ticket in the LRB raffle. Prizes to be determined, but we think it's going to be host-based at this point. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So contact Ice Lady to get assigned your week, and you may be on your way to a sweet care package from one of us um, for each day that you archive. If you like to catalog insects then expect a nice package from me with a piece of cardboard with hundreds of different (laughs) types of insects. From the Kyle Insect Museum? Yes. Those are valuable collections. Yes. Um, Go check out our sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms. Their latest episode is on the bands that we champion. They're the not necessarily super popular bands, but bands that they really like, and there's lots of listener submissions in that one. Um, Keep Nerd Out Loud in your pod feed, whatever. The last one's the Bobby Pape tipping episode. It's a good one. Keep that on hand for next Christmas, New Year's uh, season for all your tipping needs. Um, If you want to help us out, uh, use our Amazon link for all your shopping. Um, There's a link on our site, and we just get a few pennies uh, kicked to us from Amazon from that. And it does really add up. It does. Uh, Jeremy uh, summarized the amount, and it's in the hundreds of dollars now. And uh, all that money is going to host the the show. That's all server stuff. So we really appreciate you guys using that. I think it might just be Christy buying snacks for work and me buying cat food. Um, <laughs> well, our server is on a wooden boat. So that's, yeah, that's right. what the expense is. It's not cheap. All right. If you'd like to get involved with the show in any of the ways that we've mentioned, you can check out our um, um, internet web page that I can't remember the name of. (laughs) (laughs) 
You can check us out at littleredbandwagon.com. You can come visit our Facebook page. As I mentioned before, please feel free to message us either individually on Facebook through the show page, any of that. We pay pretty good attention to that, and I think that we're pretty good at getting back to people who have questions or comments. Uh, the show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail or a text with all those thoughts that I know you have about Andrew's behavior and this whole parking fiasco at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And of course, you are always welcome to give us your honest review on iTunes. Huh. I knew this was going to be a long one, but this is definitely a long one. Yes, it is. <laughs> to everybody who's still listening, you are true Wagoneers, and we thank you very much. I hope we save some good stuff for the end so it was worth it to listen all the way through. Thanks, guys, for being here and sticking this out. Thank you, Mike, for jumping in at the last minute when we had some scheduling issues. Um, You're welcome. Even if you, you didn't take notes on the first couple of days, you made up for it in the back half of the week. So oh, Thank you. And if we have uh, nothing further, then, uh, oh, wait, I have to say, I think we should establish this as part of our sign-off. With that, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? <laughs> <laughs> I second that motion. Uh, until next time, this is the next party. Oh, we love you, Jen. Nailed it. Oh, yeah, that is long. Jesus Christ. Uh Tuesday was a lot of it, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Tuesday was real long. It's fine. I insisted on bringing the whole laser ballness helmet to the the full treatment. Hey, (laughs) the people demanded it.